Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello everyone, I hope that you're all well. Welcome to Imprint. Today I'm sharing five lessons learned from my latest book. For those of you who don't know or haven't been listening for very long, maybe you're new to the podcast, I have created now my fourth book and my fourth book is called Home by the Sea, The Surf Shacks and Hinterland Hideaways of Byron Bay. And I thought it might be interesting for those of you who enjoy my books and just love learning about the book process in general to share some of the lessons that I've learned from it, but they actually extend beyond books. These are lessons actually about where you live and what home actually means. And as I reflected on the lessons that I'd learned, I realized that many of them were ones that I had discovered while creating my book, This Is Home. So Some of you who are familiar with that book might also recognize these ideas from there. And it was interesting to see that these ideas were reinforced again, which just goes to show that they really are universal ideas. So first of all, I thought it might be interesting to just share a little bit of a backstory as to, you know, how this book came about and why I decided to do it. Now, the truth is that it almost didn't happen, if I'm being really honest. Because it was what I'll give you sort of a little bit of a backstory. Basically, I had created, um, I had done my first two books, they were doing very well. And my publisher was wanting me to do a third book. And I had an idea percolating at the back of my mind, which was to do the book style, which is that's what it ended up becoming, which some of you would have. And that was all about, you know, how to get a better understanding of your own personal style how it's a way to connect to your home, express yourself in your home, and some ideas about how to style within your spaces as well. But the publisher had their own idea for a book, and they were interested to know if I wanted to do it. And it was a book about Byron Bay. And at first I said no, because, and generally I'm quite connected to my instincts. Like usually my first instinct is pretty good. And at first, I my first instinct was like, no, I don't want to do a book about Byron Bay because all of my books at, up until that point had been very international and I'd traveled all around the world to create these books. So my instinct was not to want to do it. And then the idea got a hold of me. And I often think about what Elizabeth Gilbert wrote about in Big Magic. And she was talking about a poet who you know, like an idea would kind of get hold of her and she would literally have to kind of run with it. And it just was kind of picking up its momentum and I kept thinking it over. And then I started to think, you know what, this could actually be an opportunity to create a book about what it's really like to live in Byron Bay. And this could be an opportunity to shine a light on this iconic town. Now, at around that time, the area had had quite a lot of publicity for a couple of reasons. 
One was that there had been a Vanity Fair article published on some people who live in the local area, and it was quite a disparaging article. And then Netflix decided to commission a show called Byron Bays, which is like B-A-E-S. And um, it was like a reality TV show. And there was a lot of backlash from locals about that show and really about the type of cliches that were getting perpetuated and pushed out into the world about what this area is about. So in a way, it kind of turned out that um, those, because of those things, I thought, you know, I would actually love to create a book about this area that actually shows what it's really like, shows the more authentic side of Byron Bay and what people don't even know or realize about it. And as it turned out, it was perfect timing because around that time was when there were lots of lockdowns going on um, all around Australia. And there was a little bit of overlap between my book style and this Byron Bay book. And so it worked out well because I really wanted it to be a local production as well. I just didn't feel right to talk about community and the creative people in the area and then to bring in an outside photographer, even though I've done all of my previous books with Chris Warns. So there are quite a few um, great photographers in this area, and I've always loved the work of Amelia Fullerton. Some of you might know of her, and um, I will put a link to her um, Instagram account in the show notes so you can kind of go and check that out. But I thought it could be a wonderful opportunity to work with her. And also Holly McCauley, who had designed my book style so beautifully, she is also a local. So it just seemed like a really nice fit to have the three of us as locals working on this local book. And as it so happens, you know, we've all got our own unique style and both Holly and Amelia have got great homes. And I thought, you know, it would be nice to sort of shine a little spotlight on our individual homes and what our homes look like in this region. So the book also features my home, Holly's home and Amelia's home. And, um, you know, often you don't actually see the homes of the people who create books, particularly like the designer or the photographer. So I thought that was a really um, interesting take on it as well. And every book is a learning opportunity. And so I wanted to share some of the lessons that I learned during this process. So the first lesson that became quite quickly apparent that our sense of home is connected to history. So home is part of history. And this is really a kind of a big idea. It was actually one that I really explored a lot when I was writing This Is Home, because our idea of what a home is has obviously evolved over history. You know, we used to live in these communal hall halls and the idea of a home is is a relatively recent phenomenon and kind of came about during the sort of the Dutch, what they call the golden age. And that's when people started to have private homes. And up until that, we very much lived in communal spaces. And the reason that this evolved is because as, you know, humans, we evolved to, to meet our needs, to become self-evolved, which I touch upon this of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, um, the reason that I say this is, and, and what I thought was really um, important to share about this idea of home being connected to history is where you live is connected 
to the history of your place. Now, this might be, for instance, at one point I used to live in Paddington in Sydney, and that once upon a time used to be an area that lots of artists lived there because it was actually quite an affordable place to live because at that time nobody was living in the inner city and then it became gentrified. But there's still this kind of flavor or connection of, um, you know, artistry and artists and creative people who live in that kind of area. Now, history obviously even goes much further back than that. And one of the really important elements for me with this book was to, to honor and acknowledge the first peoples of Byron Bay, the indigenous people of Byron Bay. And it is an honor to have the story of Delta K in the book. And she is an Arakul Bunjalung woman. And this is what she said about um, her connection with Byron Bay. She said, my relationship with the land is in my blood, my heart, my bones. As a traditional custodian, I have an ongoing duty from my mother and her mother to Garima, which is to look after country. So, you know, the indigenous people, they have a huge connection to land and nature, and that is throughout this book as well. And there are other types of history as well. And um, a, sort of, a, a sort of slightly different one was from Candice Rose O'Rourke of um, Zulu and Zephyr, the fashion label. Some of you might be aware of that. And she talks about her father living in the house that was on the land prior to building a new house. So basically they, they bought this, um, it was actually like a double block of land and it had one house on it and they sort of looked at different ways if they could work with that, but it had asbestos. So they had to demolish that. And then they, her and her sister actually bought two houses, built two houses side by side. And it's kind of cool because hers is all white and her sister's is black from the outside but they're very sympathetic to each other in many ways. And she said that her father had lived in that original house, um, you know, the sort of obviously the safe parts that um, prior to building, and he'd been diagnosed with cancer not long after they settled on the property. And this is what she said. She said, he spent his last summer with the children coming and going on the block. For the last three months of his life, he got to immerse himself with the people he loved in the place where he would settle. While he did not live to see the completed project, we feel him around us, every day watching over us. To us, this is not only a project. Here is a piece of earth that holds memory and meaning. And I thought that was really beautifully explained. You know, this idea that where we live is, you know, it's not just a structure. You know, we are connected to it through past history, but also our own history, our own memories and experiences. And I feel that the more that we connect with that, the more meaningful that our homes become as well. The next idea that I wanted to share with you was that home extends beyond your boundary. And this was something that just kept coming up and over and over again with people's responses. And the book is called Home by the Sea because you know, many of these ideas, they translate wherever you live around the world, particularly if you, well, it doesn't necessarily just relate to if you live by the sea, but I think that it will have resonance for people who do live near the coast or have a love of the coast. And Vicky from Pampa, she was talking about going for walks on the beach as part of her daily ritual, you know, and that's very much connected to her home 
is not just, you know, the physical building, but it's the surrounding environment. And Sally from Las Palmas also said that they were attracted to their block of land because of its connection to the surrounding landscape. And Alex Bennett, who is in Suffolk Park, was talking about seeing koalas in their back garden and walking along their back fence. And also her and her children, they have a gate at the back of the garden and they could walk there from along a boardwalk to a nearby resort. And we, they would go there and often go and have like um, sort of dinner by the pool or, you know, or whatever, you know, so it's your home is not, you know, your sense of home and belonging it actually extends beyond the boundary of your home. And um, for the artist Mel Ladkin, who is an Indigenous artist who sort of shares her story in the book, um, you know, her home is very much about, you know, the surrounding environment too. You know, she goes and collects rocks, which she grinds up, which becomes the ochre for her beautiful artwork. So I, I just think that this is a really powerful idea to sort of understand that you know, where you live actually does extend beyond your boundary. The third idea or lesson that I sort of relearned was that home is community and community is home. Now, this was the appeal of this particular place for us as a family. And I know that many of you live in areas and communities that do have a strong sense of community. And it really, you know, elevates your experience of where you live. You're not just a silo or an island in this middle of the space, but you're actually connected to the people around you, to your neighbors, but the sort of the, the sort of the broader community of your area. And I think it's a really important element to consider when you're looking at places to live or, you know, if you're trying to make that a priority or consider it as a factor. And one of the stories that I loved was Luella, who was talking about, um, her friend Kimberly of the Atlantic helping her to paint her home on Friday nights because she would come up and visit for the weekends while it was getting renovated. And Kimberly would meet her with, you know, a box of pizza and a bottle of wine. And, you know, they would paint the house on a Friday night while catching up. And, you know, just this sense of like helping each other and, you know, really getting along with your neighbors near and far. And Zaina Wright, whose home is on the cover, you know, she speaks a lot about how so many, much of her family and friends actually help with the build of her home as well. It's really a hallmark of this area that people, um, you know, going back in the past, like in the sort of the 70s, when many people first started to kind of come to this area, um, they would barter because there weren't necessarily lots of jobs. You know, and this idea of, you know, trading in the community it still goes on you know so many of the brands here you know people share um and swap and exchange goods i mean i've done that and people have reached out to me with imprint house and we've done trades and swaps and so much of that goes on in this area which is you know it's supportive but it's also really great to see and the local joint by chosie um, waddell and her partner james they very much see their um it's their home but it's also a community space they sort of have like they've had various events over the time even though they've got these studios which are essentially airbnbs but they host they used to host a pasta night and they've had artists in red residence and all sorts of things to really kind of support and encourage the local community the fourth lesson that i relearned while creating this book and sort of reflecting on the journey is that home is what you make of it so often we can have barriers or, you know, sort of think, I don't have the budget or I don't have, 
you know, this is a rental or, you know, this is not my dream home. But there are so many ways that we can be resourceful. And there are so many creative ideas in this book. And I love the idea of, you know, my friend Yvonne Dietsch, whose past home that I had photographed as well. And this one, I mean, she's so creative and she's always doing things with um, in a beautiful way. And she had painted a shower screen around a sort of old zinc bath outside and just so many little touches that just make it very personal to her. And she's actually got a boat, which she's turned into a cubby, which sits in the garden. And it's quite a statement and such a fun idea. And the, um, the Fusum family who have got Paddock Hall that's features in the book, they, you know, have created so many things together as a family. And there used to be a garage that, that they actually converted it into the living room and the kitchen and the sort of the downstairs living areas and the upstairs they turned that into all of the bedrooms. So, you know, there's so many different ideas and ways to rethink spaces that are shared throughout the book, which I just, it's so inspiring. And there's also humble homes. There's um, Jessica Bloom, who's from the fashion label Joom. She's got a creek cabin and they really have done like everything themselves. And it's a very humble kind of home, but it's again, got so much character. So I also love the story of, I'm just going to sort of share one more, which is of Holly McCauley, who has basically been, she's the designer of the book and she's been slowly renovating over seven years. And this is what she said. We love that this place is everything we need and nothing that we don't. I just love that idea so much. It's just, it's really just focusing on what's important to you and, you know, the essentials. but it's got this undertone that, you know, it's, it's enough. It's, it's actually, that's what's good. You know, that's what makes it special. And she said, slowly, we filled the home with art, family heirlooms, books, furniture made by mates, treasures collected on the travels, and eventually two daughters. You know, so over time, they have slowly added over this seven year period, but it really still boils down to that, you know, they've got everything they need and nothing that they don't. So there are so many ways that, you know, we can be resourceful when it comes to our home. And the fifth and final lesson that I wanted to share, and this is, you know, again, relearning this, that home expresses the essence of who you are. And as I said, you know, this is something that I very much came up with in this is home. And I could really see that the places that were the most beautiful and the sort of truly authentic self very much had been created from a very authentic and integral kind of position and that people were creating and expressing their personality in their spaces. And this is what Luella said, home is everything. It tells the story of the life I've lived. It's full of memories. And that's why all my funny things are important to me because they piece together my story. So think about, you know, what does your home say about you? And is it telling the story that you want it to tell? Sonia Marish of Jatana Tiles, she said that a friend of hers said that she's the only person they knew who bought a house and made it look older than what it was. And she actually, I love her story so much. So basically, she has got this beach shack in Belongel. And on that stretch, Basically, all of the homes have been, you know, quite highly developed. And she has basically maintained 
this beach, beach shack as it was in the 1920s. And she's got a photo on the wall, and we actually have featured this in the book. And it's what the house looked like originally. And I just love that she's actually maintained this very, very simple beach shack and its character and personality. And it really expresses who she is and what she loves because she loves old things and collecting. And it's very much a story of her and her journey. And um, similarly, Heidi of Her Valley, you know, her home very much represents her and her style as well as her travels and life. And again, I just think it's really important to just reflect and question, you know, what does your home say about you? Is it expressing your personality and the things that are important to you? So I hope that you have enjoyed this sort of little insight into creating the book. And just a reminder that if you pre-order the book before its worldwide release on November 29th, you can get a free insider guide to Byron Bay. And all of the homeowners have shared their recommendations and you can explore it virtually or in real life if you ever get the chance to come here, which I very much hope that you do. All the details are at nataliewalton.com forward slash home by the sea. Thank you for joining today and I look forward to connecting again with you next time. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.